Hello, hello. Today I'm going to talk about how you could become a consultant after graduate school. So I went to graduate school from 2013 to 2018 uh, and got a PhD in physics um, in 2018. And then I actually became a consultant in industry, uh, specifically in engineering consulting or government consulting. And that's what I do now. That's my job. And so if you have any interest in how to get into consulting, how to get this kind of job after graduate school, that's what I talk about in this episode. And I also have a post about this already on my blog, howtophd.org. If you go and it's sort of a, an older post, but if you kind of search for the word consultant or something on howtophd.org slash blog, you should be able to find this information at, in a written form. So in this post, I basically go over how I, you know, transitioned from academia to industry. So again, I was a PhD student in particle astrophysics uh, in the broader field of physics, and now I'm a senior consultant. So actually, uh, I got promoted recently. So I, I was senior consultant uh, in, in when I wrote this post uh, on the blog, but now I'm actually associate. So that's kind of cool. So I transitioned... Uh, from academia. So as a PhD student, like I lined up this job as I was uh, still wrapping up my PhD, I interviewed and everything. And I got an offer as a senior consultant to join uh, in this, uh, in this uh, company at, with this role. And then actually within a, or in, in about a year and three months or something like that, I got promoted to associate. But here in this episode slash this post on the blog, I just talk about how to make that transition from academia to industry because, uh, of course, it's very challenging while you're still in graduate school to even think about and put effort into getting a job, lining up a job, because uh, graduate school and your research is pretty much all-consuming. And even though that's not really good for uh, how to line up a job, at the same time, I understand that you are very, 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 very busy and overwhelmed with graduate school. That is kind of the normal of graduate school, even though I wish uh, it wasn't, and that there was a healthy way for students to actually um, work on how to progress their career. But, you know, having said that, this is why How to PhD exists. This is why I started this blog and now this podcast is to help students at every stage of their career. So whether it's getting into graduate school or even, you know, just through college. Um, and then while you're a student in graduate school, what you should be doing, what you should be focusing on. And then uh, when you're a senior grad student, when you're trying to finish what you should be doing, and then for for also like how to actually get a job after grad school. So this is very important to me that you are successful at every step of your uh, school and career. And that is why all of the, these efforts exist. So I really enjoy being in industry in, in many different ways. And I would like to address um, like this question that you might have, which is what skills do I need to become a consultant? So I've been asked this, like while you're still in school, you don't really know what the outside world is like. So I understand that you might have questions and you might think, well, you know, I do this and this in grad school. I do this type of research in academia. Like, what would I even do as a consultant? Do I have the skills that are needed to become a consultant to work a job in the industry? Do I have these types of things that I would need? 
And actually, I want to turn this whole topic around and respond uh, to you with a list of, not with a list of skills you need, but three things that you can do. So if I just told you, oh, these are the skills you need, I mean, that's kind of like not as helpful, but it doesn't really matter who you are, what your background is, what kind of research you're doing what you're going to graduate school for, what your current situation is. Um, I just want to tell you that you need to do these three things. Okay, so there are three action points that I am about to cover in this episode, and I want you to listen very closely. So number one, realize that you already have the technical skills. So this is a big one right? Like you might think that you don't have specific things that you would need. And of course, like you're not going to know exactly what the job is until you start doing the job. Like I understand that you feel like you don't really know what the job is, but that's because you don't, you're not actually doing the job yet. Once you start doing the job, you'll realize that you can quickly pick everything up and you have enough technical skills coming in to pretty much kill it. Like there's no need to worry about technical skills and not having enough skills and things like that, especially if you're coming in from uh, graduate school. And I would just say this to anybody, honestly, that if you can learn things, then you're golden. It doesn't even matter how many degrees you have, whether you have a bachelor's, master's, PhD, whatever. If you're able to learn, if you're if you're coachable, then you're good. And as far as most graduate students, people who have been through rigorous um, training in, in, in one of the STEM fields, like I did physics, or if you're doing math or, you know, something, social science, um, physical sciences, whatever, I would say confidently that you already have the skills. You already have the technical skills. You just have to realize that you already have it. So hopefully, uh, you know, you feel empowered to hear this that you already have the technical skills. I believe in you. I trust that this is the truth, that you already have the technical skills. So it's just a matter of realizing it and moving forward. So number two, what it takes to become a consultant, number two, is do not wait for permission, right? This is also really huge. Do not wait for permission. Like no one needs to give you permission to go from academia to industry. You need to give yourself that permission. You need to decide that for yourself. Like you can stay in academia, do a postdoc. You can, you know, decide to take a break. You can decide to start a business. Same thing for consulting. Like if you're wanting to go from academia to consulting, there's nothing that anyone can do to stop you. Like you don't need anybody's permission if that's what you want give it to yourself and we will get there. Okay. And number three is be a good communicator. So this is super important in consulting. So consulting is not just about doing a bunch of technical work. At some point, being able to communicate your work and being able to communicate with your coworkers so you can get the help you need when you need it and you can help them when they need it. That sort of whole kind of like a collaboration, a collaborative mindset and being able to communicate where you're at uh, is super important. And of course, you might even be client facing. In my case, I, I am client facing. So I have to do meetings and present my work to clients. And so that sort of thing is super important being able to communicate. So it's not just about having those technical skills, which I'm sure you already have. And it's not just about 
um, the number two point was you 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 just have to give yourself permission. There's no one, your advisor, your committee, your, I don't know, someone else. No one needs to give you permission. You can do this. And number three is just to have the technical, the communication skills. So you have the technical skills, like, please believe it. Like, do, do you believe in yourself is the question at this point. You have to understand that going through this PhD, you have really, really come a long way. I know that that can be hard to realize sometimes Like you're involved in your day-to-day grind. You might have forgotten how hard you've been working, like where you were, uh, like at the beginning of graduate school and where you are now, you've learned a lot during your PhD and a hundred percent of it is useful. So I know like I did, for example, a lot of my analysis was in this weird programming language called Root, which is a C++ libraries based uh, coding language. And I've never used exactly that since then, but it's still useful that I did all this coding and I know C++ and like all of this is transferable technical skills. Like having the academic research background is immensely, immensely helpful and useful in industry. Like it's not just academia that you're good at. I can promise you that you'll be really good with technical work in the industry. So whatever the goals of academic research And I know that the goals of academic research are generally to do with academia, like it's academic, it's not for profit, it's not, um, you know, something like the industry. But at the same time, it's the truth that it teaches you skills that are relevant to work done in the industry. There are things going on in the real world where your skills that you've picked up by doing academic research are actually those are relevant. Like you can actually bring a lot to the table. And I know that that's hard to understand when you're on the outside and still in academia, but just take my word for it. Like I did not know this myself. Like I didn't know when I was in academia that all of the things I was doing was actually going to be useful. But now I realize it every day. Like what academia prepared me for is is the real world. And I understand that a lot of people think, well, academics are just for academia, but that's not the truth at all. Like that's not, I use skills, knowledge, experiences gained through my PhD every single day, every single day. And especially my work ethic, like basically I'm able to work really hard and just the training I have, the kind of mindset I have, that's all so important. So, 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 so important in my current job. Like I don't consider anything I've done in the past a waste of time. I've worked in so many labs in academia. I've had different research positions and all of it, I really think that all of it is helping me now and none of it is a waste of time. Like everything you do, everything you've done is going to take you somewhere and it's going to be great. Like nothing you're doing is a waste of time. Don't ever think of your academic research as a waste of time, okay? As PhDs, we are lifelong learners. Nothing excites me more than to learn new things and have the opportunity to contribute to meaningful work. And I get to do these things in my job every day. And you know what? If you don't have a technical skill, if you don't have a particular skill that they need in your in the in the job, like in my consulting work, there's always things that I'm still learning. There's no problem. Like you can learn it. There, if, if you don't have a specific skill that you need in the job, you can learn it. 
like as PhDs, we've we've learned how to learn, right? Forever and ever and ever. And like, we're really good at it. So it's not going to be a problem. You can just sit down and learn it. And guess what? I know you're a hard worker and you're going to figure it out. Like, and you've, you have so many skills already that are a great fit to get started in a number of roles. So don't really worry about technical skills. I, I would say you're good in this department. Like you don't need to worry about technical skills. Do your research to figure out where you can apply yourself best with regard to your background. And, you know, I was able to find an opportunity that was a good fit with my background and personality. And you can do it too. Like if I can do it, you can do it. Like I'm not better. Like I'm just a person who was trying to figure life after academia out. And like I was trying to get a job and I found a role that was a good fit with my background. Like and I don't know exactly specifically what you do, but I'm sure there is a number of roles out there that would be a good fit with your uh, background. Believe it or not, like no, doesn't matter how specific your background is, you've got a bunch of transferable skills that you can totally apply yourself in a job in the industry. And of course, some jobs will be better fit with your background than others. And I can tell you that you can find this out, like you can do it. So, so then this brings me to the next part, which is how, okay. You're saying, Oindri, you're saying I can do it, but how, how do I do this? So the don't wait for permission part is a huge, is a huge point in this how part. Okay. You're going to figure out how, if you don't wait for permission. So your advisor cannot help you become a consultant because I'm guessing your advisor does not have industry experience, but they also cannot stop you from becoming a consultant. This is in your hands. Don't wait for anyone to tell you that you can do it. Don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do it. Don't wait for permission, period. Like you can do it, period. Give give yourself permission to do things outside of school. So like the biggest thing here is network, right? Like I don't mean that you should suddenly know everyone and have this huge network overnight. I know you're a busy graduate student who doesn't have time to do that. But what you can do is start to build relationships and have meaningful connections. So this could be in the form of reconnecting with your old friends that you've forgotten due to grad school. Like maybe it is time to be a good friend again. I had become so focused on work in grad school that I had trouble remembering who my friends were because I, I barely ever saw them. I, I always just literally was always in the lab doing research. So literally what I'm asking you to do here is get up, get outside of the lab, get some sunlight, go for a walk, go to a friend's house. Like I was visiting my friend's newborn puppies when I ended up networking and getting referred for my job. I'm not even kidding. Like don't think of networking. So, so everybody says to network, right? What I want you to know is don't think of networking as this really difficult and unnatural thing that you have to do. Literally think of it as a very normal thing because it is a normal thing. Networking should be a normal thing for you. You should have a core group of friends and those friends have friends and you're going to find opportunities even in this core group. And all you have to do is be a normal person and sometimes get out of the lab, get some sunlight, go for a walk, go to a friend's house and that is literally what I had to do to get my job. And I know I sound like, I know I'm very lucky, but at the same time, try it. Like no harm in trying it. Try just reconnecting with your friends. Try to have a social life. Try to have a life outside of academia. In other words, if you're trying to get a job outside of academia and have no life outside of academia, how, like how, how is that going to work out, right? So just start. 
start to have a life outside of academia, even if that means that you go to a friend's house this Friday night, okay? Just do that and, and go from there. You'll see it having its benefits. Humans are social beings and need to help each other and talk to each other. So networking does not mean you have to talk to everyone on the planet. It only takes a few or less. Like it only takes one meaningful connection, right? Networking means you do have to be totally present and participating in high quality discussions. Like it's not, I'm not trying to tell you that you should have a bunch of like surface level friends that like you just have a thousand friends on, you know, Facebook or something that you don't care about. It's actually a much more meaningful thing that I'm asking you to do. Like I'm asking you to be a good friend. I'm asking you to be a person who is connected in a meaningful way to another human, to maybe a few humans and to have high quality discussions, you know, like to have a conversation about opportunities, like, and to learn, like you, it might just start with asking a friend how they're doing. Like, I'm not asking you to be like, this person who is a fair-weathered friend or something, right? I'm asking you to have high-quality discussions and conversations, be a good friend, you know, find out how your friends are doing and take it from there. Like, like have a discussion, do some kind of follow-up, right? Like, because a high-quality discussion without some sort of follow-up is also not productive. So follow-up, always. Like, text, email, Google Hangout, take your pick. Like, networking, the big the big part about networking is that you actually have to follow up like say you had a really great discussion with a friend about some kind of opportunity you actually have to follow up uh to then you know further understand about that opportunity and to finally get that opportunity so then that brings me to the last thing communication if you're a good communicator it greatly helps to distinguish you so what did i so like this is the importance of communication like a, lo- a lot of people are not going to be good at communication. So if you're good at it, you're going to help yourself greatly by um, standing out. So can you hold a conversation with people? If not, get practice. Communication skills can get pretty rusty by never stepping outside of the lab. So prioritize either learning this skill or refreshing this skill by getting practice. And I, I mean it, like you can get worse at this by never going outside. So just get practice. So this goes hand hand in hand with giving yourself permission to pursue your own dreams and wishes. Don't get pressured into never leaving the lab. Make time to give talks, practice explaining your work to people outside of your field, have everyday conversations with people to stay on top of soft skills, like literally stay on top of soft skills. And if you're somehow thinking of this as a very difficult thing to do, here's a quick, here's a big hint that you can apply very easily. That is, be a good listener. You know, actually listen, actively listen, be present, because this will go a really long way, right? Good communication is about engaging the other person. It's not about coming up with all of the words to say, right? It's about engaging with the other person, right? So, um, like, basically, literally like ask questions if you, if you need to, like, and I would actually really recommend that, like asking questions. Um, Don't hide, don't hide or apologize for inquisitiveness. If you have questions and I'm sure you do, if you think about it and you're entering, you're trying to enter a new world, of course you have questions, like ask those questions, use it to your advantage. Like if you have inquisitiveness, if you, if, if there are things that you don't know, you can actually turn that situation around and leverage that 
as a, a way to communicate and engage the other person. Ask good questions during networking, during your interviews. Asking relevant questions will demonstrate your interest, give you the chance to learn more, and help you engage that other person. So actually, yeah, this is my biggest tip is to ask questions as far as communication goes, if you want to engage the other person, ask questions because that really demonstrates how serious you are, gives you, of course, a chance to learn more because, you know, learning is always great and that now you'll actually know what you're getting into and it helps you to engage the other person. It's super, it's super functional. Like this is how, this is a serious, the questions are serious the best. So don't shy away from asking them. Um, and, uh, I really hope that this helps you be a better communicator if you're having, if you're struggling with that. And literally, um, that's all I have for you here. Like, please, 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 please realize that you already have the technical skills. Don't wait for permission and be a good communicator. And if you need help with that, um, well, please reach out and, uh, all the best to you. Thank you.